Good morning, and welcome to the Southside Mount Washington Parish Community as we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Trinity. We'd like to extend a special welcome to those who are praying with us virtually near and far this morning. We welcome you to join us in the celebration of the Eucharist. We are grateful for your prayerful participation and we invite you to be in spiritual communion with the risen Jesus who is present in the word and sacraments, present among us who are all the body of Christ. Assisting us today as our lector, Joanne Paradise. Our musicians are Amanda Bruce and myself, Thomas Conroy. Our celebrant is Father Michael, assisted by Deacon Frank, and our interpreter is Diana Saunders. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. God, our Father, who by sending into the world the word of truth and the spirit of sanctification, have made known to the human race your wondrous mystery, grant us, we pray, that in professing the true faith, we may acknowledge the trinity of eternal glory and adore your unity, powerful in majesty. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us be attentive to God's word. A reading from the book of Exodus. Early in the morning, Moses went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, taking along the two stone tablets. Having come down in a cloud, 
The Lord stood with Moses there and proclaimed his name, Lord. Thus the Lord passed before him and cried out, The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. Moses at once bowed down to the ground in worship. And then he said, If I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people. Yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory and praise forevermore. Glory and praise forevermore. Blessed are you. O Lord, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever, and blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Glory and praise forevermore. Blessed are you in the temple of your holy glory, praiseworthy and glorious above all forever. Glory and praise forevermore. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forevermore. Blessed are you who look into the depths from your throne upon the cherubim, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forevermore. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the holy ones greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord.
Thanks be to God. to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, to God who is, who was, and who is to come. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Before getting into a homily on the most holy trinity, I'd like to just address two things. And the first, I'll just give an intro to, it's just such a privilege to be even with a few people of the community here as we gather in prayer for the Eucharist. And I know we're all longing for that in so many ways as we've been gathering and praying in our own, uh, own domestic way, our own domestic churches. And uh, just announcing that this weekend, of course, the bishop has given permission that on this weekend, the, the 6th and the 7th of June, for churches to start reopening. And we are not obviously reopening this weekend, um, but we are going to have a homecoming, and that homecoming for us in our parish communities here of Southside and Mount Washington, Prince of Peace and St. Mary the Mount communities is scheduled for the 27th and the 28th of June. And so we are committed uh, that weekend to opening both of our churches uh, in some limited capacity. Uh, and the mass schedule has reduced just a bit, but um, we'll be opening for weekend masses that weekend, welcoming the congregation, the community back, again with some limited capacity, um, and then also beginning daily masses. And so we're committed to that and so looking forward to that as I know so many of you are as well. 
And when we do come back, I don't want to get into too much detail about that right now. Uh, those who are parishioners, you should have or will in the next day or two receive a letter that will give some explanation for that. And um, when we do come back, it, there will be, of course, limits. Uh, it will include social distancing. It will include, of course, cleaning and sanitizing that is necessary. Uh, it will uh, include different movements and patterns. And so, uh, it will also include, especially for weekends, actually signing up ahead of time or reserving a seat or a pew. And we need to do that for all kinds of reasons. And again, so we'll be explaining that. Please, I just encourage you, tune in. If, you're, if you can and you're able and, and can use the technology, tune in to our parish website, www.popsmm.org. And also sign up for Flocknote, and you can also find that link right on the homepage of our website uh, because we've been communicating at least weekly with all of our parishioners who have signed up and keeping people up to date that way. So website and Flocknote, please, and we'd, we'd love to keep in communication with you and keep you up to date as, as news is breaking, so to speak. Uh, second thing I, I need to address, uh, I want to say, is the... Uh, the pain, uh, the suffering that's going on in our society right now, here, Pittsburgh, locally, United States, and the world. And uh, certainly part of that, that suffering and that pain has come from the pandemic that we're in. And we've been in now for uh, two and a half months or so. And again, the, the, the suffering and the pain that comes from that is so many things. Uh, certainly, we have to say loss of life and health, uh, isolation that because of the distancing that has been necessary. Uh, of course, uh, the closing of businesses, job loss, reduction of hours, uh, trying to get by economically, making ends meet, all of those, all of the pain that has come from, the suffering that comes within collectively humanity. And of course, again, we know that those who are, uh, uh, those who are poor, those who are the minorities, as in all situations that, that are social ills, they're the ones who suffer the most. Pandemic's been going on for about two and a half months, three months within certainly United States and throughout the world. The second thing, of course, is the suffering and the pain that comes from the sin of racism. And we have seen that explode or come to the surface again. And it's never, it's, by the way, it's never been far below the surface, but it is truly surfaced. And there's been expression of just pain and suffering and outrage, um, especially because of some of the incidents that occurred in the last several weeks. And some of that, of course, is very righteous. Some of that is true indignation and righteous anger. Also, because of that, we've seen protests that have happened, again, locally, United States, Minnesota, uh, but of course, it's even happened globally, and we know that some of those protests, uh, most of which have been very peaceful, have also themselves turned violence, turned into riots and looting. Um, there is a very real uh, suffering and pain that we all have because of the sin of racism. And it is something that makes all of us less than whole. The reality has, of course, been exacerbated 
now uh, with uh, rioting and looting. Uh, now there's fear on both sides. We have a, a stage set or a recipe for continued violence, and we, we have to call for a sense of the God of, of love and peace and mercy, as well as the God of justice, to transform our lives, our hearts. It's been exacerbated by a, a rhetoric that has been a rhetoric of escalation as opposed to de-escalation. Um, it's been exacerbated by many things, but probably primarily uh, the fact that many of us aren't listening. <laughs> We're not listening to the pain. Now is a time more than ever to do a true examination of conscience, individual conscience and consciences but also a collective examination of conscience as organizations, as businesses, as church, as a society and a country, a collective examination of conscience that looks at and surfaces the very real, uh, the very real history as well as current reality of the, the pain that is caused by oppressive systems and by bigotry, fear, hate those who are different than us. It's time for a collective examination of conscience. Individual examination of conscience. Now in the midst of that, we're proclaiming the most holy trinity, right? This triune God. This mystery, which actually the Catechism of the Catholic Church calls the most central mystery of our faith and our life as Christians and Catholics. The most central mystery of our faith and our life as Catholics and Christians. Now, of course, when we use the word mystery, uh, what that doesn't mean is that we don't understand anything about it, because we understand a number of things about it. But what mystery means is that we can never fully plumb the depths we can never fully uh, get to full understanding or something complete of what it is to understand God and what God means three and one. But we do understand some things about the Trinity that have come through Scripture, that have come through our tradition of, of lived faith throughout 2,000 plus years uh, within the Christian and the Catholic Church. And so there, there are some things that have been proclaimed specifically about the Trinity. And so I just want to point to two of those that I think are extremely important because they also not only affect or uh, are about our faith, the central mystery of our faith, but are also about the central mystery of our lives. The first of those is that, and I've said this almost every Trinity Sunday since I remember preaching about Holy Trinity, is that the Trinity is a relationship. Think about it. It's three in one. There's this dynamic that happens in relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's a relationship of love, of community, probably of challenge, as in all relationships. And it's a relationship of accompaniment. 
We also proclaim the second thing about the Trinity that I think is important, not just to our faith, but also to our lives, is that the Trinity, and this was hammered out over those first few centuries of the early Christian church. If you think about the creed that we're going to proclaim here in the middle of Mass, right, where we use all that philosophical and theological language, but basically what we boil it down to at most fundamental level is that each of those persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, is distinct, unique, and yet, they're all equal and united. Distinct, yet equal and united. I'd like to throw another word on that that Pope Francis has been using and we've been using now within the Christian and the Catholic Church over the last several years. It's accompaniment. <laughs> accompaniment. Distinct, yet equal and united. Hear what we hear in the scriptures today that give us a little more depth into what that relationship means and what that distinct and yet united really means. From the first reading we heard proclaimed today from Exodus, as Moses receives the law, it says he's just come down, he's got the tablets in hand, and, and he has not only this experience of God's love in the law, but there's this beautiful phrases that happen in today's reading uh, from Exodus, and I'd like to just share a couple of them with you and think about how this reflects so much on what it means to be in relationship with God. First of all, God reveals God's name to Moses and says, Lord, Lord. Actually, the term that's translated there is Yahweh, right? He gives an intimate glimpse into his very being of who he is. That's what the sharing of a name means. And so it's absolutely intimate and relational when God shares God's name with Moses as Lord, as Yahweh. It goes on to say, I'm merciful, gracious, slow to anger, rich in kindness. And so the relationship with God is not just, of, uh, uh, it's, it's not just one of being, but it's also one of doing what God does, who God is in the lives of Moses and the people. And then Moses goes on, listen to this in the relationship with God. If you find favor, Lord, come along in our company. Relationship, accompaniment, come along with us, journey with us, walk with us as distinct and yet equal. And then he goes on to say, notice indeed, this is a stiff-necked people. Well, that certainly hasn't changed. Yet, in our sin, receive us as your very own. God, the Trinity God, is a God of depth of relationship. Also, in that accompaniment and that relationship, think about the gospel we heard proclaimed today. John 13, right? The one that's held up in signs so much, um, even at amusement parks and, and stadiums. And boy, how we long for that right now as well, don't we? But um, so, so it's, it's, you know, so loved the world that sent his only son. Didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved and that might, might have more life. That was the purpose of God coming. Notice there's nothing about the extinguishing of distinctness there. It's not coming to condemn, not God coming to condemn, but to love and to give life and give it more fully. Now, interesting, think about that, that triune God, 
the God of relationship, the God of accompaniment, the God that is distinct yet equal and united, and think about how we sometimes have lived in the history of a Christian people in a Catholic church. Think about it. Think about our history. A lot of our history is wrought with exclusion, right? It's wrought with us against them. Lord God, have mercy. We've even experienced some of that in the context of On Mission for Church Alive, right? Just between two parishes, for goodness sakes, right? Us against them, right? That, that sense of distinction, right? Um, uh, or not distinction, but that sense of like better than or exclusion, right? And even, even violence towards, towards others and towards ourselves, Think about the history of the church, how that's been so much a part of. And yet, this is a church and a people that proclaim a God of relationship. A God of accompaniment. A God that accepts distinctions and yet sees as equal and united. Now let me come back around to racism. How might that affect how we think and feel about those that are different than us. How might we think about the sense of what accompaniment might look like? Is there something in us that's able to hear in God the suffering and pain of our brothers and sisters? When there's true accompaniment, if someone comes to you and says, I hurt, you don't say, well, I'm sorry for you, <laughs> right? What you do is you ask why. You listen. You try to hear the story. You try to understand a different perspective. You, you try to see as a sense of, of with compassion and, and equality. And even though, yes, there will always be differences, there's that acceptance that I am you and you are me and we are united. And there's an equality here, uh, especially as Christians and in God. How might that relationship, that Trinitarian God we proclaim as the center of our very Christian mystery and life affect more and more who we are as community, as people, as nation. There's a beautiful song uh, about the God of accompaniment that I've, uh, that I've known from my childhood. And actually, for some reason, all during this time of pandemic, and actually especially in this last week, I've been singing it to myself and even playing it a little bit on guitar, but it, it, it's the song that Yahweh, I know you are near. And the refrain goes, Yahweh, I know you are near, standing always at my side. You guard me from the foe, from evil, sin, and you lead me in ways everlasting. That's our God, the God of relationship, the God of accompaniment, the God of differences, yet profoundly united. And that's actually our call to live and be in God as well, the God who accompanies us and loves us and showers us with his profound mercy to do with one another as God's people. We proclaim this God, this God, this Trinity, and we live within that as God's people and Christian people. How might that affect how we're experiencing this pandemic? 
how we're experiencing the sin of racism in our time and place. How might we be more open to relationship and accompaniment with one another as sisters and brothers? Trusting the loving relationship God has with us and all God has created, we bring these needs and prayers of petition. Our response this morning is, hear us, O Lord. For an end to racism in our nation and violence in our cities, we pray, hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. For the RCIA candidates, that they may grow in their desire for waters of new birth and allow God more fully into their hearts, we pray, hear Hear us, us, O Lord. For all of us in isolation, that we may find companionship with God through the scriptures, recall that with gratitude all who are significant in our lives and encourage others who are alone, we pray. Hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. We remember all those with birthdays and anniversaries during the month of June, we pray. Hear Hear us, O Lord. Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Dolores Somerville, May they be welcome into God's kingdom, we pray. Hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. We remember today all of the following tensions from our parish grouping. Regis and Ann Schnippert, for the parishioners, Tom Brannon, Sandy Riley, and Billy Michucci, and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts, We pray, hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord God, we entrust ourselves to you in the power of the Spirit and in the name of your Son, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please recite together the prayer for unity. We raise raise our our voices voices to the the most most blessed Virgin Virgin Mary, Mary, our our Mother, mother, and and to her most glorious Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Grant us greater commitment and sincerity as we continue on this journey of unity. Please grant our parish family a resurgence of faith, a spirit of love, and a hope for peace. May we be blessed with a vibrant, inclusive community, united in the spirit. In your name we pray, amen. For those who cannot join us physically here, please join us spiritually in this prayer of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Lasting love, I have called. 
Let us pray. May receiving this sacrament, O Lord our God, bring us health of body and soul as we confess your eternal Holy Trinity in undivided unity through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. This podcast is the property of the Southside Mount Washington Parish Community. All rights reserved. That's it for this week. Please forward this podcast to fellow parishioners or anyone whom you think would benefit from it. Stay safe. Stay at home if at all possible. And please know that we are always praying for you. the cares that claim us hold in mind eternity with the spirit's gifts empower us for